Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Open Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Kyle Porter is here. KP, hello. Hello, Rick. We got a new uh, a new setup. Josh has been messing around with the layouts, which... I like it. I like it, too. Yeah. He, I, need to scoot, I, need to, I need to scoot closer. You need to scoot back. I, you look a lot... You look like a bigger human than me. We've got to figure out the... I could do this. This is like a little bit better, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. How's that? I'm, I'm rocking and rolling. Yeah, he also, you'll notice when we when he shows the scorecards, there's probably a different layout there too. He's improvements, improvements. We are never done. Never done around here. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's always working on his game. He's always grinding. It's great. 15 hours of golf. I think, I think round two tee times are starting right now. Is that right? I'm tired. I'm, uh, I gotta, what time did you get up? Did you go to bed? I did. I, okay. I woke up at one, which was the speed group. So I want that when that T when that group went off, I was up. Okay. I was up at like, th- 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 yeah, sa- same thing, but my time. So it was like three something. Right. Uh, I don't feel horrible, but I've definitely felt it's usually Friday that it gets you Friday. Friday early evening is like it's kind of a it's kind of mess. It's a mess. Three hours ago, I felt horrible. I I think I've caught my second wind now. Okay, I, okay. I did, but but it is not. This is not a PGA Tour ten and one. Everybody off one. What is it? Eleven minute tees. It just takes forever. It, it does. I think. I think. Do I want it every week? No. I like it for majors. Like I think the rhythm of it is, it, it's cool. It provides. I don't when you when it's ten and one. There's just not a good rhythm to that. You can't. It, it seems like it's harder to follow people, guys rounds, right? And so when you get everybody out the first, there's just a rhythm to it that you don't normally get that I absolutely love. So and this, also, this board's fascinating. You, you experience it if you have the daylight. You might as well use it. There's only totally. so many places you can even try to pull off 15 hours of golf in a single day in July. Yeah, you could. Well, I was going to say, you, you do it at Augusta because you have such a small field, right? You could probably do it at 
the U.S. So uh, I don't I don't know if you could. It would be they certainly couldn't this year with the times that they started at. They couldn't even do it with 80 guys or 70. Boy, uh, certainly could not. Well, before we jump into this leaderboard, be, leaderboard because it is fascinating. Let's talk about the golf course. Played about two and a quarter shots over par. Did Royal Liverpool and KP. This was like the nicest conditions they could have gotten, right? And it's still yeah, beat these guys up a little bit. Yeah, I man, I gotta say, it's hard to, it's sort of hard to kind of to like segment out all the open courses, right? They just sort of all. They don't run together. I remember them distinctly, but I I don't. This course was awesome today. Mm-hmm. It wasn't crazy windy. Um, it wasn't super firm. It was pretty green, and yet I felt like it still had a lot of defense to it. You had to like you could go. It's not, this is the thing I loved about it, Rick. Is you could go out and if you avoid all the bunkers and you hit not impossible shots but just very good golf shots you gotta hit i mean you gotta hit like 65 very good golf shots though you can shoot 65 but if you have two mistakes or three mistakes you can shoot 74 like i just i loved the it felt like somebody said i think oh coach said that i didn't see emiliano grio afterwards but coach said on hq that emiliano grio said you can make bogey on every hole yeah i heard him say that very easily. And I think that that's everybody always says that, but I think that's more true here than it normally is at, at major championships. Well, well, just think about what's lurking, right? You've got, um, you know, that thick rough, you're dependent on lie, very easy to make a bogey that way. If you find a bunker, you're almost certainly making bogey. That is both off the tee and on your approach shots. If you are short sighted, you are almost certainly making bogey. I mean, there, there's just a lot, there are a lot of ways to do it in every facet of the game. So even if you are hitting every single fairway, that does not make you immune to a big number because there's a lot of other crap that can get you in trouble. Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of crap that can get you in trouble, (laughs) I think one of the things that I love about places like St. Andrews and even LACC, and and this is a a double-edged sword because the thing I love about those places is it's wide open. You can play those golf courses in a bunch of different ways. You can hit a bunch of different kinds of shots. But when it is wide open with modern technology, it's very it's it becomes easier to overpower places like that, as we've seen at the Open last year and, and the U.S. Open this year. Did you feel like there was enough variability in terms of the the kinds of shots guys were hit or, or, or I guess the ways guys were playing these different holes? Yeah, right. So even early in the morning, I was impressed with uh, or I was interested to see how many guys were laying back and then who was pulling driver. So like Wyndham Clark, I think, pulled driver everywhere. Right. And he goes out and shoots a three under 68 spoiler alert. We'll get to him in a second. But a lot of guys were laying back. Rory kind of looked like he started laying back a little bit. Then he started pulling driver in some more spots. So, yeah, it gives you a lot of options. What I think is 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 very different about this championship and this golf course, maybe compared to um, like LA. I thought LACC was very very fair, right? Like if you hit a great shot, you were generally rewarded. If you hit a bad shot, you were generally punished. It's not necessarily the case here. Uh, it's not super unfair, but like where the ball lays in the bunker, uh, six inches in either direction, could be multiple shots. 
And I'm okay with that because it's like inherently random and inherently unfair for everybody. So maybe it evens itself out, but there, there is definitely a more random, unfair nature to pop bunkers alone at this championship. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Uh, I, I think I'm, I think I'm okay with that. It, 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 it maybe doesn't play into the meritocracy, but, but it's it. also not a surprise, right? Like it, it's, it, it's not. So there are some golf courses where, you know, you could have two guys hit very different shots and get similar results. This is like, if you're in that bunker, you're probably pretty screwed, right? Like it, it is, it, it's not like, um, one guy's going to get a really weird kick and one guy's not. It's just like, it's, it's a known entity though. You get it's a no, it's a known entity in that like, you know, where the bunker is, is that well, what you're saying? Like, like the stuff that's really going to be unfair you know what that is. Like it's the bunkers, right? And yeah. It, it, and that's kind of the problem. If you want well, to be very fair, don't hit in the bunker. Yeah. I think the argument against that, and I actually want producer Josh to come in and explain his position. Cause he had a take on this, but I think the argument against that. And I heard the, I heard somebody talk. Oh, I heard the shotgun star boys talking about this. Uh, Brennan Poirot and Andy Johnson. Apparently Scheffler said like, listen, if you hit, a better shot than somebody else and it rolls backward into the bunker versus somebody hitting it worse and it injures the front part of the bunker you get more screwed as the person who hit the better shot quote unquote um yeah sure i get that and so it's not it's not like a linear rewarding system if that makes sense but better is also like how much better was it like <laughs> yes three inches better you know what i mean like mine went in the front edge of the bunker yours went three feet further to the face of the bunker cool well i think i this it's so interesting because it's going to be such a test uh and it already is such a test of these these bunkers are like i mean how many guys did we see facing the other way out of the bunkers they're almost like little mini water hazards well, this is what we talked about on Tuesday, right? There, there are a lot more single shot penalties that are not, you know, we haven't seen in a lot of other places like, like St. Andrews or whatever, right? That you're, it is, yeah, it's basically a water hazard. Yeah. And so I guess my point with that is like, it's going to really reward guys that play. And this is, this is perfect, right? I think this is why I love the golf course. It's going to reward guys that play really smart but also pick their spots and take some chances and hit the shots. And so it's a, it's, it's not one or the other. It's really a combination of the two. And I think I, you know, our TPC Sawgrass comp is like, it's a really weird comp and I don't know if it actually works, but in that sense, I, I think, I think there is a little TPC Sawgrass in it, right? That that's a place where it's not water everywhere, but man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hazards around there that you have to hit the shots, but also mentally, you know, keep your head and and be really smart. So I, I think it's it, the last thing I was going to say about uh, compared to LACC, you know, like places like that in St. Andrews, they have variability going this way with this almost is more of a length variability where you can choose, like think about three, think about 18. You can almost choose yes. how far 
uh, somewhere else, uh, Sully was tweeting about this, maybe 16, the par five, you can choose how far back you want to be or how far up you want to go, which is such a weird, like that doesn't happen a lot of different places. So I thought that part was, was super interesting. Josh, you want to explain your, your pot bunker take? Yeah. So I was very specific about green side. <laughs> Uh, caveats everywhere but that it says green side in the text and that was in that was intentional because right fairway pop bunkers you don't want to go in them then hit a club that goes over it or hit a club that's not going to get there okay i mean the 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 text was prompted by rory's two iron on 18 280 you hit, I mean, a, a, a two iron that I've never seen anybody else hit before. I mean, that thing was a rocket and you are 25 feet left of the pen on a par five and you have to basically go backwards. I'm, I'm just like, I, I just feel like we're towing the line between and between unfair and challenging, but I guess it's unfair for everybody. But it, it, in defense of the golf course, it's not like he didn't know that pop bunker was there. I heard him talking about this afterwards. He's like, I, it would it would have been hard to walk away with six after the two shots that I hit. So he referenced that the shot that you're talking about. It's not like he didn't know it was there though. You can choose to hit four iron and then try to chip something in and and make a four, right? I guess. I just think like I like that's a six shot, and I didn't think it deserved to have to be played out backwards if you hit it into i mean picking air but if you hit it into a pop bunker on the fairway i mean i guess it's the same thing but are you advocating for getting rid of greenside pop bunkers i'm advocating for like the gradient of the pop bunkers around greens to be just a little less extreme so that you can like hit a crazy good shot and get out of it but from where he was there's just there's not a, a shot possible. But he also, I mean, here's the thing though, like he laid back off the tee, right? So you he he chose to take less risk off the tee because he didn't want to challenge the right side, which it, it which just introduced more risk from 280 going into that into the into one of those two or three. Was, I think there's three bunkers there on the left mm-hmm. side. So I hear you. I think it is um like if that if that was a par three from two eighty, like we saw it, uh, was there one at LACC? Oakmont for sure. I think yeah. LACC had, had one. Two, had two three hundred yard par threes. <laughs> yeah, like I I I hear I hear you, but I think because it's a par five and because there's different ways to play the hole, it doesn't. I don't know. Like take more risk off the tee if that's what you want to do, and and try to go for it and make make three there. Sure. I'm also just emotionally invested in Roy winning this golf tournament. So I was disappointed. (laughs) You don't, no explanation needed here. We'll get to him. Uh, We will get to him. We'll get to the top of the leaderboard here first. Uh, Let's see a South African an Englishman and an Argentine walk into an open championship KP and they come out first round leaders three way lead at the top 66. Well, I mean, listen, this is going to be a, uh, leader, this is going to be a Wikipedia leaderboard that we look back on in five years and think like, what? Yeah. What? What? I mean, the leaderboard's insane. I don't know if we have it, but if we could pull it up, just the top 10 is, I mean, it, it's, it's 
Open leaderboards are always a little bit weird, either early or after round one, or even into, I, I think about 2015 at St. Andrews when Paul Dunn led after 54 holes. And you're like, what? Like, is, is what is happening here? So there, there's a little bit, I think this is a good place to play the, like, what's the real lead game. And I think it still is five because, uh, the King of England is, is, is up there, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of things happening around the top of that leaderboard that if I'm Scheffler, Kepka, Rory, Hovland, those guys that are four or five back, I'm like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm closer to the top than it, than it looks like right now. Uh, the man who got in first at 66, Christo Lamprecht. Yeah. As we all suspected, who is this guy? Who is Christo? Well, one KP, he's an amateur. Two yeah. KP, he's six foot eight. He's a monster. He looks like he looks like uh, Hudson Swafford, like grew a foot. He looks like if Matt Kuchar and Sasquatch had a child. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And three KP, he's a twice All American at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean. He won the amateur, uh, obviously a good uh, amateur player. I don't know his his swing is is bizarre, right? And and he generates extraordinary speed from it. He and had, I think this is shot uh, yesterday. Sorry, on Wednesday, his, his ball speed was like one ninety two. Like he can just absolutely. I mean, as as you can imagine, if you can torque it at that at that frame, you can move it. Well, that's what uh, I remember Bryson saying, like, hey, the, the thing that I can't do is, like, grow myself, <laughs> which is... Yet. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, <laughs> there's plenty of time until he turns 130, so maybe maybe we'll figure it out by then. But this is essentially what he was referencing, right, was the ability to generate ball speed when you're 6'8", that you just can't when you're 5'8". Now, there's a lot of downside to that, and... And this guy's figured out how to control it a little bit, but I thought it was cool, man. I, I think it's cool when amateurs thrive when they do well at, at the open at open championship or the masters or the U S open. I think there's just a lot of, it's a very cool thing that, you know, what, what other sport could this happen? You know, I was talking not to make this too long, but my wife was just aghast that the top players in the major league baseball draft don't go straight to the majors. She's like, I don't understand that. Doesn't that happen in every other sport? She's right. It's which is, a, which is a great point. Right. But I get like, my point here is like, even the best base amateur baseball player in the world is can't even play with the pros. And this guy who's a decent amateur can lead the open. It, it's a, it's pretty cool. And I think it speaks to just the meritocracy of the game in general. Uh, also in at 66 is Tommy Ladd. A little bit of a disappointing Sunday or a little bit of a disappointing weekend at the Scottish Open. He is looking for immediate revenge in the form of a claret jug. One of the more popular uh, betting options for this week. Tommy goes out in 34. That's one under. Then he kicked it into gear on his second nine with birdies on 11, 14, 15, and 16 KP. Here we go again. Yeah, great round. Uh, was it... Was it a 66 worthy? I don't know. He had two 25 footers, right? So that's why it was a 66. But if you're hitting it at a 67, 68 number, like if that's the, if that's how your T to green game is essentially throughout the week, you're probably going to win. 
And I think the thing about him over the next three days is not physical, but mental because he's not won a major. He, uh, this is going to be a really emotional major being in England. It's already been emotional. It's hard to lead for three or four days or all four days or whatever it ends up being. I just think he's going to have the battle to me is going to be emotional and mental more so than, than physical. And that's going to be fascinating because he's flushing it right now. Like it's, it's so good. It's everything you want from, from Tommy and, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch him try to fight himself to win his first major championship. Yeah, and he gets the uh, the long turnaround time. He is out at like two forty eight local on Friday or something like that. So he's got he's got some time to think about what a claret jug would mean for him. And then at the end of the day, KP Emiliano Grillo snaps his name into this conversation by shooting a 31 on the second nine, including birdies on 17 and 18. He got off to a real rough start. He was two over through three. And then he did that interview with Kara Banks afterwards. And, and you mentioned that he said, Hey, I can, you know, hit, uh, I can make a bogey on, on, on any hole out here. It's, it's lurking everywhere. He rolled in like a 50 footer on 18 that he said he was just trying to put a cap on his rounds and, and get out of, get out of here. And, and lo and behold, it, it drops. And now he has got a share of the open championship lead heading into the second round. Yeah. Probably round of the day. Right. Considering, I think it was a stroke harder in the afternoon. Is that right? Or half a stroke or. It was uh, about a, a full stroke. Yeah. Full stroke. Harder. Okay. So, so probably the round of the day. Yeah. I mean, and he was two over through three, which is crazy. He played a really amazing back nine. And I got to be honest, I didn't see a ton of his round uh, late in the day. I was exhausted and trying to, I was on HQ like all afternoon and there was a lot going on, but I, I don't know. Like, do you, do you think, I guess I'll throw this back at you. Do you think Emiliano Grillo has, like, do you think he is capable of winning a major championship? No, I do not. Okay. I, I, I kind of don't either. <laughs> and I think I, you could yeah. you could say that about a lot of these guys in the top 15 right now, right? It is not a knock on Emiliano Grillo. It is, it is the nature of the beast. Um, 72 holes, the cream rises to the top. It's very difficult. And even the best players in the world go long stretch. Rory McIlroy has gone nine years without a major championship. I don't know how many major cracks Emiliano Grillo is going to get in his career, but it might equal the not, you know, it might be 36. It might be 40 alone in his career. It's just, it's so hard. And, and the stars would have to align with another set of stars from a different solar system for this to happen. I mean, it could, right? Like anybody in the field could win, but I get they could, but I'm, I'm with you. It just, it, it it's, I don't know. We're going to talk about a lot of guys in this top 10 that I don't really feel like have a chance to win the golf tournament, which is, awesome. which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, hit a couple of notables here in the early wave. Then we can circle back, especially when we get to the betting side about this, the top of this board here. Jordan Spieth went out early and honestly, uh, he was two under through seven KP. And I thought he played better than that. And then things got 
Spethian and he made a double on eight and it makes makes bogey on 18. Like the whole the whole thing was just pure Spieth at an open championship. Yeah, he hit a I was watching with one of my buddies actually came over at like five in the morning this morning just to watch, which was fun and and weird and I don't know. Opens are insane. But uh we were watching and S- Spieth was dropping the whole the whole what happened on eight was bizarre because he didn't he didn't take an unplayable which is what I thought at first he hit a ball I think he like hit the hosel turned around and said did anybody see it and then just dropped within a a couple minutes like he there was no I, I don't I don't even know where the ball is like, I don't know if he knows where the. I'll read his quote afterwards. He said, I just had my face wide open. This is on eight. Ball above my feet on a really bad lie, trying to flop cut an eight iron. Sure. Yeah. No I problem. feel like I'm as good as anybody at that shot. Sure. Yeah. And I guess the hosel got there first. I'm not really sure. That shakes you up a little bit. I've never hit one before. Impossible. So it took me. <laughs> Do what? Is he? He is trying to imply he has never shanked a golf ball before. I, I that's what it reads like. I, I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, so it took me a couple of holes to feel like I got my feet back under me. But then I, he, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, I agree that it would. I, I agree that it was a weird jarring scenario. I think there's no way he's never hit a shank before. And also, yeah, it, it all happened quite quickly, and I don't know. I mean, outside of that, really bizarre kind of like I thought he was. I thought he was pretty good. He was good. And shame, you know what? Shame on, I'm going to make a call up a time. Shame on me for doubting Jordan Spieth at an open because I went on HQ last night and I said that Spieth at plus 240 to miss the cut was interesting. Nice. I didn't say it was interesting. I said it was a good bet because I'm an idiot and that's on me. So I don't deserve Spieth to contend here, but it still looks like he's going to. Well, I mean, honestly, no, he might go out and shoot a 78 tomorrow. Like, like I, I don't think you have to do like the Mia Culpa yet. Like, there's a chance that this thing goes very True. wrong for him. Well, the thing that I don't understand, Rick, and this gets back to the golf course. He talked about this. A lot of guys talked about this. Wyndham Clark talked about it. I think Brooks talked about it. Is it's really sort of strategic off the tee where all three of those guys talked about these crosswinds. They hit the ball off the tee. And that does not scream speed, right? Like, like strategic off the tee, and uh, I, it, it, and he, and Spieth even said this. He's like, you know, this is a little bit more like I don't think he said American golf, but it's up in the air golf as opposed to other uh, opens because of these kind of raised greens or a little bit elevated greens. So none of like the way that this course sets up really screams speed to me. I know other people think that maybe it does a little bit more, but I don't know. He's just, it's, it's almost like a sports law of nature that he's going to play well at open championships. Well, we will keep an eye out on Jordan Spieth on Friday because uh, I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Let's keep an eye on Scotty Scheffler. Josh, do we know what Scotty did today? Scotty Scheffler back at it again. He was phenomenal from tee to green, but struggled with the putter. But no surprise, he's in contention for a victory. Evergreen. 11th off the tee, 12th on approach, 5th in total.
strokes gained. 129th with the flat stick. One of the first shots I saw, I think it was one of the first shots I saw, uh, he was lining up a four-footer, and I said, oh, man, he's going to miss this. And he did not sniff the cup. Didn't sniff it. It, it was almost like a like two balls left. It was it was like a pull hook putt. Didn't he try a new putter like three months ago for two rounds? Yeah, I, was it was it this year or was it in the fall? I don't know. I looked this up recently, and I I can't. Uh, yeah, CJ Cup. There we go. That's when he finished. T. That's the last time he finished outside the top twelve. <laughs> so there this you go. Sick man. Uh, listen, like Scheffler is in the Kepka zone where it's it's he he's he's in it. You know, it, it's it's not inconceivable that Scotty Scheffler is leading this golf tournament on Saturday night. I, I thought after he was what two under through four, five, six, I was like, okay, he's gonna he's gonna shoot a sixty-five. This is gonna be the week where he makes everything he looks at. He hits a couple twenty-eight footers and it's Vince.gif. And then he just even worse than the short putts, I thought his lag putting was was not great. Yeah. Like he had, he had a couple of lag putts that you're like, oh, that's Rory was kind of the same. The, it, it's it's so vital at this tournament to 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 have good speed, and I just I didn't think his speed was that good. Yeah, his speed was pretty stinky on on Thursday. Um, but Scotty Scheffler's one under. He's in at seventy, lead at five under. Let's see. There was more notables from the front here. Let's we'll, we'll do two more. Hat tip to Wyndham Clark because Wyndham Clark is a machine. I thought he was maybe. Obviously, I didn't see every single golfer today, but I thought he was the most aggressive golfer I saw off the tee. Every time I looked up, he was whipping driver around there somewhere. Um, played the front nine in even, played the back at three under, and Wyndham Clark is two shots off the lead looking for his second major championship of the year. It's big boy stuff. I mean, it's one thing to go win a major and then to follow it with this in your first major round uh after winning that major it's it's super impressive man real quick a mea culpa here as well i've just got mea culpas all over the yard on our tuesday pod i said only four guys have won the u.s open and open championship that was egregiously wrong this, well, it was it wasn't even close well the worst part is the first thing out of our mouths was okay so tigers got one nope. yeah <laughs> and he does obviously he did it in 2000 i the wikipedia page i was looking in one spot but they had some in a different spot it was it was completely my fault so real quick bobby jones in uh 1926 bobby jones again in 1930 when he won the slam gene sarazen in 1932 i think i said walter hagan so i messed that part up too uh, Ben Hogan, 1953. I missed that one. Forgot about that. He won the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the Open. He was unable to play in the PGA because the Open and the PGA dates overlapped, and he, his ship wouldn't get back to the U.S. in time. You are kidding me. Very normal stuff. Oh, my God. So, jo Jones twice, Sarazen, Hogan, uh, Lee Trevino in 1971, Tom Watson, 1982, and then the Cat, 
in 2000. So that's the group. It's not, it doesn't make it, it's certainly still an extraordinary list. It doesn't make it less of a list. There's just more guys on it than I insinuated. So apologies. Well, Wyndham Clark uh, trying to add his name to that list here in the next couple of days. Finally, out of the morning wave, Ricky Fowler shoots a one over 72. That was honestly KP going pretty swimmingly until he uh, got to 18, where he found the OB up the right, not once, but twice, and cards a triple bogey eight. As they say, that does not make dinner taste very well. We saw the. Did you see the shots? They finally showed them. I never. No, I didn't. I only saw the shot tracker. Okay, they finally showed the shots. Uh, a replay of the shots on uh, delay. It was after he finished his round. I I don't I don't understand the shots that he hit because it wasn't as if he w- he was in the middle of the fairway. Did he hosel them? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it had to be adjacent to. I mean, it, to do that once is like, wow, that's a really bad shot by a pro. To do it twice in a row? Yes. They, he's, off the, they but, were off the planet. I, I mean, right. They're like 60 yards wide in, yeah. from, from the fairway. Twice. Yeah, there's a, he, he didn't have... A, he didn't have any quotes. Uh, I think he. I think he. T- uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg wrote about hit the what happened for no way enough. So I'm gonna go read it afterwards. But I, I would be fascinated to know just what the deal was because it was just it was extremely bizarre. Big difference from a two under. 69 being a tie for 13th and a one over 72 in a tie for 48th in two, two swipes at it. Uh, okay. So he said, this is from no Lane up. People should go read the story by KVV on Fowler, obviously pissed off, but nothing I can do about it now. Just had a bit of a hanging lie from the fairway and caught the first one a little low on the club face. Okay. I was obviously trying to hit a, low little hot cut and made poor contact. Uh, so that was on the first one. I, I don't, I don't see a quote on the, on the second one, but <laughs> same thing on the second one. <laughs> yes. And then, and then I dropped it to another hanging line and it tried to hit another cut. I mean, it, it's such a, it does speak to this, Rick. I mean, this is, this was not true at LACC, you can you can do you can make some numbers around here, but you can also make. I mean, we saw three on eighteen. We saw ten on eighteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some there's some numbers, which is awesome because it means the tournament's not over until the very last hole on Sunday, which is almost always true. But I mean, like it's really really true this week. Yeah. No, for sure. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, I, this, this course is, it's doing it for me. It's, it's, yeah, doing it for me I agree in a big way. So, uh, we got more to talk about, including Rory, Rom, Homa, and someone much further down the board. We'll continue that conversation. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution? 
for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Let's hit the biggies here. Rory McIlroy goes out in 36, and KP stands on 13T at two over. Uh, gets a little bit of momentum with birdies on 14 and 15 before making what was pretty much that all-world par that we saw on on 18 from uh, from the front pot bunker. It was it was a full day from Rory. Lots of good, some not so good, and 71 when it's all said and done. Yeah, I thought the front nine was bad. Uh, you, 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 I, I think, I, I mean, I've written about him and this specifically a lot, but I think mentally it's just, Paul Azinger had this great line on the broadcast where he said, um, hold on, I want to read it because I wrote it down. He said, it's hard to be carefree when you care the most. Mm. And I thought that was it's impossible to measure who cares the most. It's not as if Scotty Scheffler doesn't care. John Rom doesn't care. Those guys care a ton, right? I think Rory cares about history a lot. I think he cares about legacy and his own history and legacy a lot, but just golf legacy and history in general. And the weight of, when you combine the weight of caring with the weight of the drought, it's just it's hard to carry that around mentally, right? And I think, I mean, he looked, he he looked. Did you watch his front nine? Yeah, I did. Um, he looked tight. 
Yeah, and it, it kind of looked – he made a couple of swings that were similar to – I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday at the Scottish, where with that driver and he has that big right miss, it, it's, it is almost like he's trying to guide it out there in that mm. tight fashion that you're referring to. And I he did that this morning, and I was like, oh, man, he's got to get that reeled in. And he's, he started to, but the, I, I think that's what I see when you're referring to him being tight. Yeah, there, there, there was no no freedom, and it leads to a lot of loose shots. The first two drives he hit, I think it was on one and two, were just like, oh, they, they weren't off the planet, but they were not. It, it was a little port rush-ish. You know, you didn't have you didn't have the out of bounds on the first hole, but it felt a little. I, I think here, here's the upshot, though. The upshot is you get that out of the way, and now theoretically you you can just go play right like you're in the tournament now you're in the rhythm of it and i felt it felt like he kind of saved his tournament over those last seven holes because yeah you start to get to one two over and that's that's probably it you know uh, justin ray has a set nobody's won from more than five back in the last 23 opens uh, so more than five back after round one in the last 23. So with the caliber of guys ahead of you, including Scheffler, Kapka, Fleetwood, Hovland, like that's, it's going to be very difficult to rebound from it. Now he's in that Kepka zone where, yeah, you can go shoot 66 on Friday or Saturday. And all of a sudden you, you could be in the final pairing on Sunday. Yeah. He's bought himself um, instead of having to play, shoot something low on Friday to make the cut or something like that. He has bought himself time to shoot that low round or to go out and find a little bit of magic, which is kind of what we see at these events. Yeah. And you know, I, I actually thought, excuse me, I thought him and I thought he and Kepka played rounds that were very reminiscent of each other. Kepka was not good over her, his first nine. Yeah. Played great coming home. Like played like a, like a major champion coming home. And now he's like in it. And that was a little bit the same with Rory. Uh, you, if you swap the, what was the length of the putt he made on 14, like f- 35 feet. Yeah. something like that. If you swap that with the three footer, he missed on eight. Yeah. It, it, it makes it, the round makes more sense. Right. To where it's like, Oh, well he kind of lost one there, but he, he bought, I mean, he got one back on, on 14 and yeah, I don't know. I, I do think it's around that in the past, maybe he shoots 74 and we're talking about him being completely out of it. And I, I, I'm excited that he has an opportunity to shoot 65, 66 on Friday and maybe play his way back into it. Uh, not currently in that five stroke range is John Rahm, a three over 74 for the Spaniard in which the round featured very little positives uh a three on 10 that's the only birdie he made on the day offsets that with four bogeys including one at the last that pop bunker in which he had to play sideways or backwards it just rom put himself in a lot of awkward spots that uh do not lend themselves to scoring opportunities yeah it felt it felt like he was going to turn his round or uh, around there in the middle when he made birdie on 10. I think he had a look on, was it 11? Earth, I think it was 11. He had like a, I think that was right. He had it tight and Rory headed out to the right. Missed that one. And then just, uh, I, I don't know. He he just is not playing. 
he's not playing necessarily horribly, but it's just not to the level that we're used to with Rom. And he's another guy that off the tee can get into some trouble at times in ways that are pretty detrimental on this golf course. He hit it. To, he, he hit it to six and a half feet on eleven and missed the putt. Yeah, that that's where it felt like I, th- I thought he was going to turn it around and maybe shoot one two under. And on twelve, he hit it into the pop bunker in the fairway, played it backwards, then played it onto the green. Uh, yeah, that was sick. Honestly, this felt like the round that Rory could have shot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Rory Rory got those back-to-back birdies, which and then makes saves par at 18. Rom misses the first birdie opportunity, gives a stroke up on the next hole, hitting into the fairway bunker, and does not get up and down on 18. There's like three shots right there. That that's yeah. it. That's the difference. Between those two rounds. Rom will finish T nine, but never really have a chance to win the tournament. Um, certainly with a chance to win the tournament is Max Homa, which is nice to see. He has not been playing a ton of great golf and his major championship history is okay. Probably a little bit lackluster considering the type of golfer we want Max Homa to be a three under 68 in which he made just one bogey. It came on number nine, the par three Homa. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't remember when's like the last time he's been in one of these. Like, uh, didn't he, didn't he, didn't he play well in the first round at LACC? I thought he was like two under and then shot like 77 in round two or, oh, or something like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's right. He was in it. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. Cause he did like a flash interview on Thursday. Cause he was like, yeah. In it, and then mm-hmm. he was like gone the blink of an eye. Yeah. So certainly not out of the woods in terms of, of making the cut here, but yeah, it was, it was certainly better than what he's done at majors in the past. Um, I do you think this is a course that sets up well for his game? Good question. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's great for him, but I don't think it's necessarily bad for him. I think he's a very, I think he's a very strategic, thoughtful golfer who can put together some creative short game shots, but I don't know if he is in his current form, a strong enough ball striker for this place. There was a time like six months ago where he was, remember when he was rattled when he was just like flushing everything. And he mm-hmm. like, I would, I would feel a lot better if he was in that form now. I don't know. It's kind of, it's a good. More, question. Are you worried more off the tee or with his, with his iron play? Kind of a little bit of both, but probably probably off the tee. Yeah. He's regressed off the tee, yeah. Yeah, he's just I mean, or maybe, or maybe this is the baseline and he got hot for whatever that was. You know what I mean? I so I don't know if he's regressed or he just had a, a great hot run, but yeah, I, I it's definitely different now than it was. I, I just think, I mean, if you're if you're a top 15 guy, top 10, top 20 guy, whatever you are, at some point you got to play your way into, I mean, this is what we yell about Patrick Cantlay or, uh, for, for not doing, you got to play, just play your way into a major, right? Just if you, if you win awesome, if not at least 
you at least you get the feeling of like being in a major and that's that's what you want to see from honestly that's what you want to see from Cantlay <laughs> because as many majors as he's played in he still hasn't done it and he he's in the Kepka zone he was one under but you want to see that from Homa as well um you know, not everybody's going to be a, a, a more Cal and win two of their first eight. Not everybody's going to be a Wyndham Clark and win one of his first, whatever, 10. Most guys are going to be more like this, where you, ha- you, you play and play and play your way into major championships, and eventually maybe you win one. But you have to play your way in. Well, you don't have to, but tr- historically, you, you usually do play your way in, and then you win one later on. So I think it's a good first step for him to kind of get – a little bit in the mix over the next three days to have that, uh, to have that feel. Yeah. Make us talk about you. Make us, make us think about you. Um, Justin Thomas, barring a mirror. I mean, the lowest round ever shot at a major championship is not going to be around for the weekend because he shot, uh, an 82 on Thursday that KP featured a quadruple bogey nine on 18. That wasn't really the, I mean, he was bad before that. He was seven over going to 18. Um, this is now what his second round in the eighties at may at the last two. I mean, what's last two rounds at major championships are 81, 82. Yeah. Two rounds in the eighties and one made cut in the majors this year. And the other events haven't been that good either. No, he's, uh, unequivocally lost. And we don't need to talk Ryder Cup today, but I, you, you can talk me into him not like you can talk me into some stuff there in a way that I don't know that I would have thought I would consider before. So we'll talk about that later. But, you know, I, I Rick, I think what's really interesting, and I would love to hear your take on this, is like golf is. Every most other sports, you think about football, basketball, soccer, these different games that we watch. You can, when you're struggling mentally, you can out athleticism, you can out jump, you can outrun your problems. Right. Sort of the, the, the equivalent here is like Rick Ankiel not being able to throw a strike, right? Where you're just Chuck Knobloch to second base, like just mentally, you're, and this is not specific to JT. But when you're lost, you are you, you can't do anything physically to overcome it. You're just lost. And I think that as bad as that feels for JT right now, I think it'll actually provide depth for him as a character, as a historical character in golf going forward. And he doesn't yeah, want to yeah. hear that right now. And that feels terrible right now. But I, I think that'll actually be a meaningful thing because every. Body, you think about Shane Lowry the year before he won in Port Rush. He was uh, there. There was some story where he was like crying in his car. He was like, "Why do I play golf?" You know that whole deal. Rory before he won in 2014 here at Royal Liverpool. He said, "I'm." This was at 13 at Muirfield when uh, Phil Mickelson won. He said, "I'm brain dead. This is the lowest that it's ever been for me professionally." And so these things usually proceed stretches of really great golf from guys that are all-time greats. I think JT's, I don't know if he's an all-time great, but I think he has the potential to be and he'll eventually get out of it. And I think it will provide really good context and depth for him as a figure in the future. Golf, much like uh, pitching and baseball, it, it is not 
it is not reactionary, right? There's too much thinking in it. You know, a, a, you, you see this all the time in basketball. It's like it, it, these guys are just making reactionary moves to where the ball is and what to do. It all happens so quick. There's no time to think. It is just, it is just ingrained. A, a quarterback is going through his progressions, but a, a pitcher stands there and thinks, oh man, okay, what's my release point and what am I trying to do? And golf is very similar in that way because there's too much time to think. And he is clearly, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is not physical. This is a, this is a mental something that is going on that he is going to have to work through. Yeah. And there could be some physical component. Like I've heard some hints of different injuries. I, I don't, there's nothing that's confirmed or that he's talked about, but at the very least, it, I would say it's mostly mental and that's tough and it's something that every great play i mean think about tiger shooting 80 in the first round at chambers bay you know like every every great player every player ever has gone through it it's just it's very difficult when it's you that's going through it I'm interested to see what it does tomorrow because we did not see him so he shot the 81 at lacc on friday and then it was, you know, so it'll be interesting to see, like, what what does he do a me- mere hours after? I think because he was late early, right? So we're going to see JT in action, like, momentarily. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think I think people th- think that he can sometimes get pissy and, and uh, melancholy and whatever. I, I think he's got a little bit more grit than people give him credit for. Like, I think he's going to, I think he cares about grinding. He's been around tiger too much. He's been around Rory too much to not, uh, for that, for grinding, not to be a meaningful thing. And so I think, I think that'll be actually, uh, depending on what he shoots, I think that could be one of the cool storylines from Friday is him just grinding towards something low to try to even get close to the cut. Let's zoom out. Josh, give us the betting board here. Uh, three at the top at five under. Lamprecht, Tommy Fleetwood, Emiliano Grillo. Four under. How about this? Antoine Rosner, Adrian Otegi, and Brian Harmon. How about your threes? Scott uh, Stewart Sink, Wyndham Clark, Alex Noren, Max Homa, Shubankar Sharma, and Michael Stewart. I went to high school with a Michael Stewart. Not This is not him. Um, that, that is... That's your top 12. Um, quick mental math on wins. Not a lot. The betting favorite, according to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook right now, is Tommy Ladd, five and a half to one. Scotty Scheffler, who resides four shots off the lead, has the second shortest odds, six and a half to one. Roy McElroy, five off the pace, 10 to one. Jordan Spieth, three off the pace. 16 to one along with Wyndham Clark, who is at three under. Then you can get into the big boys lurking of Kepka, Cantlay, Homa, Victor, Xander. It is, it is, <laughs> it's a very fascinating board. It is. Uh, this is a little disrespectful to Brooks now. 18 to one for the guy who has been, uh, well, let's see. Well, let's, let's put it this way. Okay. So, so, both Brooks and Scotty are one under. Is Scotty three times as likely to win this as Brooks Kepka is? No, no. Then it is then it is disrespectful, and I agree with you. That is absolutely absurd. 
I mean, Brooks has Brooks is a five time major winner, and, and he won one this year. Yeah, and also he finished second at another one. I, I you know, I was talking to somebody. Uh, we were texting yesterday before the tournament started, just about. I think Brooks was around this number coming in, like on on like before play started on Thursday, and he's like, "That's that's a clown show. Like that guy should not be." 18 20 to one going into any major you know and uh i just i thought he played a major champion like second nine today and does that mean he's going to go on to win the tournament no but i certainly don't think he should be three times less likely to win than all right all right I don't think he is three times less likely to win than Scotty Scheffler or even even twice uh, as unlikely as as Rory yeah i agree with you that does not feel i mean he's got he's got a shot on rory with three rounds to go and he's twice as likely yeah or uh, twice as unlikely whatever whatever you know what i mean yeah half as likely yeah that's it's a little it's a little a little messed up i would bet should send this to him brooks yeah oh my god could you imagine (laughs) what if he what if tomorrow he shoots a 66 he's like listen i was listening to the first cut (laughs) And these, I will bet I'll give you any amount of money that he will not say that. If, oh God, could you imagine if I could get him to say that? Like, if I just like, I'm like, listen, I need one favor, like forever. I'll give you one to a million odds that he will not say. (laughs) Um, is there anybody like the the problem is, so where's Xander at? Xander's at one under. Yeah, you're gonna start to pile up like too many guys. If you think you got to be within five, you're kind of running out of names. Like, come, come on, Patrick Cantlay and Brooks are basically the same number, and they're both one under. Get out of here with that. Yeah, I do not like that. I think Brooks is Brooks is like the bet right now. Yes, and Hovland I think is pretty interesting at at twenty. Also, we he's kind of sneaking around. He might pull a Cam Smith uh, after Cam Smith pulled a Cam Smith on him last year. That would be pretty cool. What uh, what uh, anything anything happened today that we should talk about before we get out of here? Uh, the Sepp Straka shot. Stupid. If people haven't seen it, I posted it. The open Twitter account posted it. It was on eighteen, and he took on this bunker and hit it like into the. It looked like into the ridge, where if it falls back, it's in the bunker, but it fell forward. And went in. It was it was a filthy shot. I do. Yes, it was so sick. I, I do wonder, like, as he's lining that up, it, 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 like, what does he think? Does he think, hey, I'm trying to get this on the green and I'm trying to get this within 10 feet? Or does he think if I hit, I could probably make this. Can't be uh, this. No, no, no. I, I yeah, he he kind of downplayed it. I read his comments afterwards and he's like, Yeah, I chipped it in. You're like, that was like the best shot I've ever seen from from that uh distance. Listen, I I I I've never been more convinced of anything than that this leaderboard on Sunday afternoon is gonna be freaking awesome. Because I think that You've got so many monsters lurking (laughs) and they're lurking on a course that I think plays into the hands of guys that are great ball strikers, the best strategists and the best thinkers. 
And you got a lot of those guys that are just a couple of shots back and they're going to be chasing, I think Tommy. And I think that's a, that's one of the templates is a first time guy trying to win in his home country. Like there's just, there's all this momentum for Tommy and it's going to be the most emotional next three days of his life with Rory Brooks, Scheffler, Hovland, Cantlay, Xander, uh, Spieth coming, coming after him. I think that could be the final top eight on your leaderboard. Like I, I genuinely, like I don't, I don't think that um, so many of these, like Antoine Rosner and all these guys, are going to be in the. T- Maybe they will. I just, I, I am convinced that the that the big boys are going to rise to the top by the end of of the weekend. From your lips to the golf gods' ears, because <laughs> that would be sick. I'd be very excited for that. All right. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna put a put a pit in this. We're gonna continue who's this your, conversation. What's that? Who's, who's your pick right now? Uh, I don't think Tommy wins. Um, mm-hmm. My like my dark horse, and I liked it. Like I I I know it's weird, but if I removed everybody's name, I think there's a really good chance Wyndham Clark wins. I know, I know. <laughs> Which is like, if I could just remove what i know about everybody in the field i think wyndham clark wins i that's it's interesting right yeah um i don't know man this is actually kind of tough because i don't know if i have like super confident in homa i mean i think spieth is interesting but he, he might be gone tomorrow for all i know like who, who can say yeah so i guess I'll, I'll go wyndham clark I think Wyndham Clark's going to win. I, I don't. Uh, if I ha- mostly because I don't know who else to pick. I think if I had to pick somebody, I would say Fleetwood. But it's it's more so because I I don't really know how to shuffle or Kepka, Rory, uh, Hovland. Like I I don't know who to Spieth. I don't know how to who to pick out of those guys. So it's yeah. more like, well, I guess I'll just default to Fleetwood. Right. Imagine how uncomfortable you would be as a Fleetwood backer on the 65th hole. Right. Like I would just be so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Yes. The the there's so many opportunities. And whatever we talked about on Tuesday about the the awkward tee shots, like the guys are just so uncomfortable on these tee shots. Awesome. Which is sick. Yes, it is awesome. And so you get you get a lot of variability. I'm way, way in on this golf course. I think it's freaking awesome. I, I'm I'm pumped about the next three days. Well, get set for 15 more hours of golf starting in nine hours. <laughs> eight hours. In eight hours, 15 more hours of golf will start. And then in like 23 hours, we'll do this podcast again. That's the schedule. Big thanks to producer Josh. There's all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter available on Twitter for all your comments and suggestions at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.